what is up everybody welcome back to another episode of the spectators still on lockdown still on quarantine but we're striving doing our best we got some entertainment for you and a little bit of sports news i'm with brooklyn as always how you doing Brooke? yo what's popping bro how you doing you know same old same old we're we're chilling it's been rainy out here in florida the last couple of days which is really rainy interesting i mean we haven't seen rain in a while so kind of need it but it's a drought gloomy is kind of represented like the whole you know last month and a half or so definitely yeah but we got some we got some cool stuff to talk about today so i'm a little excited uh one of which is that that new mj interview so stick around towards the end you'll you'll catch some of that it was fire uh you know over the last week we had a, a little experiment in the nba uh, it, it it was a cool idea. It didn't work out the best, but it was a cool little idea with this uh, NBA horse competition. Uh, you know, we had Mike Connolly. He came in and he uh, he's a champion. Which of the the list of guys I saw, I wouldn't co- have expected. But I'm also a big Mike Connolly fan. If if you guys don't know that already, um, I'm probably like his one of ten fans in the in the country. <laughs> That's not a Memphis fan, um, and I'll stand by it. And and now he got a he got a ring finally. So shout out, he finally got yeah. a chip, taking but, down Zach Levine. Yeah, he took down Zach Levine. Uh, I don't know. This was like a weird little. It was definitely a fun thing. It was cool. It was like televised. Yeah, but that's really it has potential though. Like if we get past having to do it at your crib in the driveway. During quarantine, yeah. If this is an all-star event that we yeah. do wherever everybody's together, and you're getting, it doesn't even have to be the best of the best. Just like cool people no. like this, because this had some WNBA stars. Obviously, Connolly, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Zach Levine. Like this, this had some some fun little people in it. Even like I think Chauncey you get Billups, some celebs in here too. Yeah, I think it'll be dope. Uh, so it it has like potential, but it definitely needs to be a in the same building. Yeah, with like fans in the stands for the atmosphere, it would be mm-hmm. a lot better. But it it was a cool idea. There. I'm happy they did something. Absolutely. You know, they're just like, hey, there's nothing going on. Let's let's have some fun, and it kind of came together. Not mm-hmm. the best way, of course, but it is. What but it is, but though. this definitely reminded me of I don't know how many of you y'all listening watch baseball, but the MLB had. A phenomenal commercial last year, like a, it, just such a good commercial, of Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich, and how those two are so similar in the way they play, and they're both just transcendent talents. And they played like a game of pig, like through baseball, where they had to like hit the ball to a certain thing in their respected park, and it was it was a cute little commercial, just showing some some personality and some rivalry, and it paid and, homage to. Uh... MJ and Larry Bird with that uh, McDonald's commercial back in the day playing horse. Yeah, and and so, you know, this this competition was just like a little thing for me. Like, hey, I want to see this type of thing in other sports right now. Let's yeah. let's get like a baseball, I don't know, trick bat flip competition or in house home run derby. I don't know, something crazy, something fun. Uh, I've actually seen videos of like in Japan or China. Where uh, for like all star games they have like a skills challenge for baseball, where like they'll have um, 
little boards where you gotta hit with a ball, and then like I I don't know if it was in the All Star thing, but I think it was kind of funny from whatever it was. They had a guy on a trampoline, and when he gets to the top of the jump, he would throw it, and they would have to try to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun, just like yeah. nonsense like that. Obviously, like it's it's very derivative from baseball and like what uh, baseball yeah. does. But, but, like, being able to hit the board and, yeah. like, get certain points for that, that's cool. Yeah, that like, I a think little, you, like a little you archery for baseball. Little, and, like, with the skills challenge yeah. for uh, the NBA where they got to throw a pass, throw the ball, try to yeah. get it in the hole. That could be fun. Stuff like and, that could be cool. Um, you know, obviously it would take the MOB players to get in on it or, like, figure out something they would want to do from home. But I think they should, especially because the MOB and baseball is still really looking for that that personality spark and like that that yeah. outlet for their players to resonate more with fans and i mean we've talked about it before we're going to talk about it again i'm sure a hundred times until it happens but yeah. having somebody like mike trout be the best second best athlete in the world and nobody really knows what he looks like if they saw him in public is just not good at all like they're and desperate for like the only thing that I know face. about Mike Trout is that he is in fact good at baseball, <laughs> no. and he is on the Angels. That's it. That's all I know. He has some some sponsorships too, but like, I don't judge your personality off just your face being on a box of cereal. You know? and we're big baseball fans too, so imagine just a casual. Yeah, seriously. Imagine somebody who just like doesn't care at all. I mean, people who don't care about the M or not MLB, NBA know LeBron. People yep. know other guys, Tom Brady, for example. Um, you know the sports best that they have to offer. People know who they are and like mm-hmm. what they kind of are. And yep. baseball just doesn't have that. So I think this could be great for them. Other sport like football would be phenomenal for this because football just completely lends itself for this. You know, and in, in combine type stuff, forty yard dashes. I want to see like Terry Kill do a forty against. I don't even know who's fast, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some head-to-head races or head-to-head catching drills or something. I think that would be really fun. That would be. You know, just some interaction between these guys. We're all home. Yeah, the more you could do that, it just it adds to it. Like, yeah. It's that interaction. Definitely, uh, if we can improve on that horse competition, it could be something viable for the future. But as of now, it was nothing really more than just like a novelty, especially if you're a um, I'm Mike Connolly aficionado. We took a dub this weekend, so let's go. <laughs> I was going for Chauncey, so I took the L. But yes, yeah, <laughs> I definitely feel like they could build on this and not. I really hope that they don't just leave it as a one and done thing because they had nothing. Like there's something there. Like you do have something really good there, but you just got to build on it. Get in a really electric environment with some dope people, and you can make it work. I think it would be cool for the fans. But one thing that happened over this last week that was also virtual, and it wasn't necessarily electric, but was uh, emotional, um, important, I think is a really good way to put it. Uh, The WNBA draft happened this last week. Mm -hmm. And uh, whoever watched that on ESPN, I'm sure not (laughs) not that many of you did. Um, A lot of Oregon fans did, so... Shout out to all my ducks out there. We had, we had a nice little weekend mm-hmm. for that. But before it all started, there was a, a nice little memorial for, for Kobe. Um, 
they they took all the the girls who who passed in the the helicopter accident and they actually got made them WNBA jerseys and put them in the Hall of Fame. I thought that was really really cool. Shout out to the WNBA for that. Mad props. That's yeah, dope. And, and that was definitely like I didn't expect to be emotional at that point in the day, but I definitely <laughs> was. Yeah. Um, that kind of. I mean, Big I I, I don't that. know why I didn't expect it, but I should have. But. Well, them putting them in the Hall of Fame, like, you can't really expect that. And no, they also that was... made an award uh, in Kobe and Gianna's name where uh, every year whoever is doing something to, like, do something in the world of women's sports, they'll get recognized every year. So I think that's and really that's cool, too. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, somebody who else was, or who was also very close to Kobe, uh, Miss Sabrina Ionescu, uh who was at the top of the the basketball world last year or this whole last year uh she just had a phenomenal career at oregon she mm-hmm. was drafted number one overall and you know to to follow up that that kobe um you know everything that's happened in the last year and putting the the daughter in the the hall of fame for her to be picked immediately after that and kind of see it's her dope. dreams kind of become a reality mm-hmm must have been something really special for her and obviously Absolutely. like ev- everybody who Kobe influenced which I'm sure is most of the people playing basketball to at any level right now uh, He's but especially so her people. who was close to, to him Yeah, and, and she's such a transcendent talent I mean I've and never shout seen... out to her going to New York New York yeah, to Bone over here so shout out to Liberty yeah, I, I, I'm happy now. that I have um, a reason, not a reason, because there, there's always been a reason, but now, like, especially, like, at a personal level, for me yeah. to cheer for a WNBA team, and I'll, there's, like, a chance that I'll probably watch more Liberty games than Knicks games in this coming year. Uh, that's just because <laughs> how, that's the way it kind of rumbles down, but yeah. I'm just so excited for her, and all the rest of the girls, too, um, you know, it was really cool to have this draft be virtual because it still got to be televised, which is important for a sport that doesn't quite get the amount of show that it maybe should. And this is coming off a year where they just got a new CBA, where they're getting higher pay wages, so every player has a higher ceiling and a lower or and a higher floor, so everybody's making more money now. And you know, it was nice to see all the families and how excited mm-hmm. they got. And yeah. it was really the families that were the ones excited. It was it was hardly ever the girls because they kind of, you know, you kind of expect where you're going to get drafted. Yeah. It's still a little surreal, but you have an idea. But the families get to see and react the way the player probably would have if they didn't know or if they weren't sure. And yeah, uh, it's really seeing, seeing it all live through I know uh, Satori was saying she was on a Zoom call with her family from Germany, and they were like reacting over their computer, and then you got <laughs> to see it on ESPN and like hear them through the computer too. And you know, it was it was a really cool little little draft that happened, and it was definitely something nice to kind of break up the nothingness that we've had. And it gives us a little preview into the next draft that we got coming up. Oh yeah, we got another draft right around the corner, huh? Mm-hmm. And this one's a big one. Um, probably one of the best NFL drafts that we've had in a while. Especially, like, yeah. the first round is just full of talent. 
especially at wide receiver. Quarterbacks, there's a couple. There's a there's a good handful, but like wide receiver, this this one's like exciting. If you like exciting players, this is definitely like a draft for you, especially with Chase Young and Joe Burrow at the top. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see how everything plays out because we've been talking a little bit of how the landscape of the NFL is going to be looking, but this is where a lot of questions are going to be answered right here. Yeah, whoever you know gets certain guys. I mean, I'm really excited for the trades that happen because. Those are like very quietly mm-hmm. the things that will change a team. Again, trading a first round answered. pick for a guy who doesn't pan out kind of pushes yeah. you back a couple of years. Yeah. Or, or maybe you reach and you get a sixth round guy like the Vikings and Stefan Diggs a couple of years ago, and he turns out to be um, one of the best at his position. You know, there's you don't you really have an idea of what you're gonna get, but you don't really know what you're gonna get. No, you never know. And that's uh, the beauty of it. That's the it's definitely the beauty because every team right now isn't equal, but there's like hope there. That yeah. there's hope that you're gonna get a guy who's gonna make an impact that your your family, your your kids, your brothers, your friends can be excited about. And absolutely you can be on that too. And, and if you're one of the teams that your fan base has to boo the player on draft day and then they end up being raw, shout out to you guys too. Because yeah, there's because, been a lot of those over the years. <laughs> yeah, and and even that is like it's never something personal towards the player. It's no. just you were like the fans are expecting something. something else, and, and you know these yeah. are kids too. We don't really know too much about them. Yeah, but but they still get embraced at the end of the day, and then the fan base ends up loving them. Exactly. The player well, still has a hopefully. Well, yeah, <laughs> if if oh. they if they're good, no Ryan. But then needs. the player still gets a chip on their shoulder, and then yeah. has that little extra fire. Yeah, so good luck to everybody good to see. in the draft, all the all the college kids and everybody else who, I don't know if you can't go to college or something like that, but everybody in the draft for the NFL, uh, good luck. Shout out to all the WNBA girls that got drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, big congrats. It's a great year to be in there because you, you're going to be making better wages. I'm not going to say great, but better wages for sure. And hopefully we Little can, by little. Good yeah, and, and you know, with stars – like Sabrina, like Sato, like the Skylar Diggins of the world, and hopefully they kind of work together. Maybe we can get some viewership up, and they can get some more money too, like in the future soon. So It's going to be really interesting to see how Sabrina pushes it forward. And being in a market like New York, mm-hmm. if she's and really she going to... Nike right after exactly. being drafted. And with so her balling, she has, she has you, all the tools. Yeah. And you she know the New York's going to embrace her if she's going to be raw. Oh, New York's 100% going to embrace her. Um, you know that. And so if you can get, the, you can get the biggest basketball city in the world to embrace you and endorse you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're you going to be looking good. And, I mean, yeah. she made Eugene uh, her kingdom, and I'm sure New <laughs> York is coming next. So yeah. I'm, I'm really excited because she's going to be – you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on the girl because, it, again, it's just a person. But she's always calm, cool, and collective with it. Always. Like, and so, sh- I mean, it, it's not too big for her. Like, no, and, th- and there's never cool. been a stage too big for her either. And I don't think New York is going to be the thing that put knocks no. her down. You know, um, I'm just, I'm just super excited for her. For all, the- I'm excited to really see where the game goes with her. Yeah, because and how it affects you other always sports, need, too. 
Yeah, you always need that one person to push it, man. Well, mm-hmm. and I mean, speaking of the one person to push it, we got this documentary this weekend. the The mm-hmm. first two parts of the of ten, the yes. the, the last dance, right? Yes. And the last dance. It's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. You get mm-hmm. to see a lot of stuff that you know, especially people my age and Brooklyn's age. Um, we were old enough, but not really. Like, we were around when MJ was still playing. But, you know, we weren't really caring about basketball when we were, like, four years old. And even if you did, you didn't really fully understand and experience the outside stuff that happened along with it. Exactly. So, really getting to see this, like, inside look on, I mean, who so many people perceive as the, the best to ever do it. Maybe not just in basketball, but in all of sports. Mm-hmm. And see his like dominant run growing up and not making his high school team, going to UNC, making Dominating. a gigantic <laughs> shot as a rookie or not a rookie, a freshman, mm-hmm. just getting better and better. Um, like one thing that really stood out to me, uh, and I want to hear what stood out to you like in a second, but one thing that really, really stood out to me is that Dean Smith, coach of the Tar Heels at the time, who recruited Mike and brought him in and coached him for his three years there. He's actually the one who told him you should go pro. Yeah. And you know, cause that, he wanted to stay. Yeah. George, Mike didn't even think there was like, he didn't think twice about it. He just thought, yeah, I'm going to go pro and that's it. And you know, Dean kind of took him to the side and said, Hey, you have a real chance to go like as a high draft pick. You should do it. And yeah. that's like the stuff you really love to see. That you know, he could obviously Mike was like one of the best college players in the world or yeah, in the world, the country, both doesn't matter. <laughs> and he led them to a championship and they had a great team with him there. Yeah. But he said he he didn't really care about that. He said you should go and get what you've worked hard for and and get to that point. And Absolutely. to see a coach be so like forward thinking and not necessarily caring about his program, but caring about the well being of the guys in his program really mm-hmm. like really stood out to me. And I'm sure there's a bunch of coaches like that out there. I know like Calipari is somebody who really endorses the one and done just because his his kids deserve it. Um and it it doesn't necessarily mean need to be program first. That could be a mindset, and it's not a bad one either, but looking out for your players, it was just like something that really stuck out to me. Yeah, because a lot of coaches make or break players. Oh, yeah. It's important oh, yeah. to have that good, solid coach that you could trust to push you forward. Cause yeah, so cause many... you know how many great players there are that like lost love for the game because of a coach or yeah. were led astray because of a coach or whether no matter the direction. You know, I mean, this could have gone really poorly. He could have gone to the draft, been picked 20th, never worked out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it he was looking out for the player, I think. And that that's like the real kicker here. Yeah, absolutely. But what stood out um, to you? There was two things. One, the main one, was um, when they were talking about the traveling cocaine circus. <laughs> and... Um, MJ's going around the hotel looking for all his teammates. Can't find any of them. 
finally finds the room with all his teammates going wild, getting lit. He's like, you know what? I'm good. Like, I just got drafted. I'm good. Um, this ain't my scene right now. I ain't trying to get caught up. I'm out. And for a rookie to not be scared of the repercussions you're going to get from the vets, like, dogging you for not wanting to chill and do all that, it says a lot about Jordan's character. Like, I'm going to do what I need to do. I don't care what you guys are going to say because I'm trying to better myself. So that one really stood out to me. And then also another one was um, when he got to UNC and he was just hungry to get better and better. And then uh, was it James Worthy on his team that was like, I was the best player on the team for about two weeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> MJ didn't stop. <laughs> he yeah. did not stop. And then you get uh, uh, Roy Williams and he's like, he could turn it on and off whenever he wants. And he didn't, he never freaking turned it off. And that holds weight right there. Like, man, dude's a dog. And you could respect that as a freshman, like, wanting to just go for it, not caring, just going for it. Yeah, that so. that work ethic was is pretty insane, especially, like, you know, he, he went from not being on his sophomore varsity team to the coaches being like, holy crap, you're special in mm-hmm. just a summer. So I don't, yeah. you, you know, he must have worked his little butt off over that summer, and he grew a little bit too. So that that helps, I'm sure. But yeah, but yeah, definitely that uh that rookie year story that for sure sticks out to me too. Just it showed that like he didn't care about the extra stuff. Like the extra no. stuff is cool and all, and he understood that it was there, and he he just didn't really care. He he was so fresh that. He wanted to learn what it took to be a winner mm-hmm. and do that before he kind of even thought about other stuff because he was so win first and so competitive. And you it, see, like, uh, when he broke his foot and they were bringing him back and they put him on the 14-minute restriction, oh, seven yeah. minutes per half, and he was just going nuts. And then uh, on the game to go to the playoffs, they take him out, and it's like, what are you guys doing? Like... I'm not here to tank for draft picks. Like Something that's really interesting to me about that, you know, that, that game against the Pacers where they wouldn't put him in for the last 14 seconds, I really, really, really want to know. Like, I don't want to know because I love the timeline we're on. But it would be crazy to think how different everything would be if the – if um, I don't remember who made that shot. It was their point guard at the time. If he doesn't make that shot to win that game and they don't go to the playoffs. It was uh, Paxton. I I would love to know. They don't make that shot. MJ is pissed. And he mm-hmm. goes up to Kraus or yeah, Jerry and he's just like, I'm out. Trade me. Yeah. I don't want to play much for an organization happened. that wants to lose. It very much could have happened. And I think that might have happened. Or maybe he, he might not have demanded the trade, but it would have been like a sour experience for a while. Absolutely. And say he does no trust at that point. Who picks him up? Does he become this Michael Jordan figure that we see? Um, I'm sure he still would, but, you know, who's to say? Think Things change. Situation changes. Um, if he wasn't in Chicago, would it have mattered as much? Like if, you know, if he was on there. Memphis or Vancouver at the time. <laughs> You know, yeah. w- would he become the icon? I, who's to say? Yeah. And 
it really like that one shot i think really could have changed the trajectory of um the culture that he's kind of cultivated you know the shoes and just with the the like mike and all the gatorade commercials and just kind of everything that he's done Um, yeah i think that shot kind of really could have changed a lot if if no doubt make it so shout out to paxton for making that big shout out yeah (laughs) big it's crazy and it's dope to see documentaries like this all these years later and actually have all this film from back then because this is a lot of years in the making yeah it's a lot of just stuff that we didn't really see before yeah especially because like older things like uh, this without social media at the time now like any video that gets recorded could easily just be uploaded and Mm -hmm. which is like fine which is cool and i'm sure a lot of it isn't uploaded but seeing that all the stuff that we've never seen before is like whoa and i'm sure not even for us like people that actually were in watching this like yeah i'm sure a lot of the stuff they didn't see like you get that video of um the ring ceremony and they're just in the tunnel jordan's dancing like Stuff like that you don't really see. And then him chewing Krause like he did the whole entire documentary. Like, just stuff like that. I'm sure fans at the time had no idea about any of that. And then you get to see it all these years later, and it's like, wow, that's dope. It's yeah. really dope. It's, it's definitely really dope. And, uh, you know, just getting that, that new perspective on something is always really nice. Especially yeah. something so larger than life. Um, mm-hmm. which I mean, do, you know, there was like some parts of this where there's signs that say like MJ is the God, or there's like headliners of, um, him being like the God disguised as a basketball player. And that's yeah, like when, really, uh, Larry really said that high after, praise uh, game two, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. That's a, that's a lot to, to be putting out there. And, you know, some people definitely believed it and, or still do. And that, that's well, like at the time. Part. They didn't see nothing like that. Yeah, no. Somebody this dominant. I mean, like, the the part where they were showing him against the the Celtics, where they they lost that series, and he goes and plays golf with Danny Ainge <laughs> the day before the game, and and I saw a bunch of funny stuff about this where I was like, how come he he went and do, uh, did that? Um, but all those players from that era are saying players today fraternize too much, which I thought was like an interesting take on that. But, yeah. but then somebody said, there's no Facts. way MJ could pass up gambling. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was Facts. really good. So, um, but yeah, so, so Ainge kind of takes his lunch money a little bit, and MJ was pissed. Yeah. Then for him to drop 49 game one and then 63 game two. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. And lose that, both games. That boy was tired. <laughs> and lose both games. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's embarrassing. Right. It really is. I mean, they made the playoffs that year like twenty-two games under five hundred. Yeah. So I don't want to hear none of this. Today's NBA sucks. When teams used to make it thirty-two games or twenty-two games under five hundred, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. It was the expansion era though, so you know teams were the bottom half of the league was really bad. So those wins oh, were super <laughs> inflated, but it's all right because those. I mean, that Celtics team was pretty stacked. They had like four or five Hall of Famers. Yeah, they, they were. Talk about a super team. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. Talk about a super team. 
So, and then the, the thing I'm most excited to see coming now is just really two things. I'm really excited to see the, the Pistons rivalry with the Bulls because I know there's, mm-hmm. like, a lot of malice there and there's a lot of yeah. hatred even, like, remaining still. Oh, that episode's going to be spicy. And then I'm really excited to see the sneaker episode. Obviously, I'm a really big sneakerhead. Um, I had a sneaker podcast a, a year ago with my good buddy Jake Willard. Um, who who has almost like eclipsed me as a sneakerhead at this point? I mean, he loves it <laughs> so much, and I I love to see that, and I'm, I'm, he's doing great things. So shout out to you, Jake. Um, but I'm really really excited to see if and when there's a sneaker. I mean, I I can't imagine there's not one. So when there's the Jordan sneaker episode, I cannot wait to see like Tinker Hatfield uh, get interviewed and and all the yeah. the important people in that process. I'm hyped for uh, that episode, too, because, I mean, who don't got a pair of J's? And if you got a pair of J's, dude, <laughs> you, you got to be all in on this. Well, even if you don't have a pair, like, you just know the impact that they have where so many people love the, the, the shoes and the brand. No, yeah, ab- absolutely. And but... how it's, like, made sneakers, like, a uh, an actual hobby and an actual, like, thing people follow and it's like a cult type of situation now where people just love shoes so much and it, it really all stems from jordan's and it's crazy because i feel like we've got so much from those two episodes and we still got eight, eight more. more yeah like we got so like you could end it right here and it's like all right like we know a lot of stuff but there's just so much more that we haven't even touched on so many yeah, different levels. I, I am. I do want to know like what the other six. Uh, I just described what two episodes are going to be. I have yeah. an idea of like one or two more, but like there's four more hours of content that I just don't even have a clue of what it could be about. Yeah. So I am pretty hyped for that. It being drawn out in five weeks kind of sucks because I want more now. Yeah. But we do get to talk about it once it comes out. So we are, and we are a podcast us, uh... talking about a documentary for the next month. <laughs> so. And in a world where we don't got sports every week, <laughs> this yeah, is definitely out, uh, right? definitely dope for us. <laughs> we're definitely we're thankful for this. Uh-huh. So I definitely think know. I might rewatch it uh, when they finally put it on Netflix, just like straight through. Oh yeah, because it's like a Netflix collab, which is also mm-hmm. wild. We we're talking about yeah. this yesterday. I was like, wow, Netflix is running the world now, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're doing stuff with ESPN. And that's crazy. Yeah. So let us know on Twitter or Facebook, whichever you like more, uh, what parts you like the best slash what are you looking forward to the most in this? Because I am very interested as to like what everybody else wants to know about MJ. Yeah, I'm sure like the gambling stuff is going to be there, (laughs) but I'm I'm curious as to what you guys want to know. So let us know what you're excited to hear about from the rest of these eight episodes we're getting. Uh, at, on Twitter at underscore to spectators, same thing on Facebook, and you know, just let us know. Uh, I think that'll be really cool because we'll be talking about it every week for sure. Check out our new articles on the spectatorsports.com as well. We got some cool ones coming out for you. Yeah, and also we got um, we got, we we talked about it a little bit a second ago. Uh, the NFL draft is coming up, so we're we're hopefully gonna have a mock draft coming out for you guys right before. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, I think the the draft is going to be exciting too. So you'll you'll hear a lot of draft talk next week as well. So absolutely, if, if you're antsy for some draft analysis, we'll we'll have it for you. Facts. 
But, you know, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, means a lot to us. Uh, yes, sir. Check out all Stay the socials. Stay safe, everybody, too. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Please. Wash your hands, please. Please and thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Later, everybody. Appreciate you.